Hello, everybody, and welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, everybody. A bit of sad news in the world of Star Trek this week. Definitely. Uh, Yeah, unfortunately, Leonard Nimoy passed away. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it hit me really hard, actually. Uh, Way harder than I thought it would. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that, I mean, as... uh, actors that we're really fond of, uh, get up in age. Um, you know, we just, just have to start expecting this sort of thing to happen, but I don't know. I mean, obviously I knew that, that, um, Mr. Nimoy had some uh, pretty serious health issues and that he was, you know, getting up in age, he was 83. Um, but he was one of those people, I don't know how you feel about this, Justin, but I just kind of view these people as like, immortal and timeless. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the Trek world has lost, you know, a lot of its most, you know, important figures. I mean, DeForest Kelly and James Doohan and just, um, you know, like lots of, uh, lots of famous people involved with Trek have passed away. And I think though, I mean, really, if you're looking at sort of the, the kind of hierarchy of fan favorites, I mean, it pretty much doesn't get any bigger than Kirk and Spock. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, heaven forbid when, you know, Patrick Stewart, Stewart finally leaves this, this earthly plane, you know, that's going to be pretty huge too. But I know for a lot of people, you know, and obviously, you know, Leonard Nimoy was just, I mean, he was Spock. Everyone loves Spock. So. Yeah, it was definitely, it, it, I would agree with you. It hit me a lot harder than I ever expected it could. Mm-hmm. So, but we can, you know, it's one of those things. He lives on in what he did and in our memories and will still bring enjoyment to millions of people for forever. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, I mean, even before this happened, I had been planning to do a big rewatch of classic Trek. And mm. now this mm-hmm. has inspired me to do that even sooner than before well well maybe we could talk about it on track track <laughs> we can have uh, you know revisit those if, if that's what people would like after a while but um yeah yeah so real sad news yeah uh i don't know really how to segue out of this but we yeah. we are going to talk about uh star trek enterprise episode oh. yeah we'll just uh we'll just do our thing you know it's what spock would want yeah Keep on keeping on. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise Season 1, Episode 14, uh, Sleeping Dogs. Yeah, no relation to the video game of the same name. Correct. <laughs> Definitely no relation. <laughs> uh, original air date, January 30th, 2002. Uh, the episode starts in the Armory. Reed has set up a target for Hoshi to hit with her phase pistol. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the target's like uh, Luke's training ball from Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think it looks like it's some sort of holographic projection, right? Because he attaches something that looks like a Radio Shack strobe light <laughs> to the wall, and then it kind of appears. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, her accuracy is less than 50%. Uh, she's complaining because she doesn't like the newer technology of the phase pistols. Uh, but, you know, Reed shows her that it's, you know, more precise. 
Yeah, you just point and shoot. It's literally, it's it sh- shoots right where you aim it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reed has some sort of cough, and uh, right after that, the Enterprise drops out of warp because they have encountered a Class Nine gas giant. Uh, then's the opening credits. Uh, when we come back, Enterprise has sent a probe into the gas giant's atmosphere. On the bridge, Hoshi tells Archer that there's a lot of strange electromagnetic interference. Mm. Uh, she puts the sound on the loudspeaker, and it's what Mayweather says are, quote, siren calls. Mm-hmm. Space sirens! <laughs> it sounds pretty creepy. Yeah. It's, it's uh, like whale song. Yeah, I was going to say it's like whale song. Uh-huh. There's um, some flashbacks to uh, Star Trek Four. Uh, T'Pol then reads something in the atmosphere, including several bio signs. Uh, when the probe, uh, is put on screen, the, the probe's camera is put on screen, uh, they see a starship of some kind in the, uh, gas giant's atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And if you're a longtime truck fan, you can already identify this type of ship. <laughs> but they can't. Right. It, it's obscured, and they don't know what kind of ship it is. Mm-hmm. Um, in sick bay, Reed sneezes. Uh, turns out he has a cold that he caught after opening a case of plasma coolant that was brought on board five months ago. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was kind of interesting uh, that um, they actually addressed the fact that basically the Enterprise is this hermetically sealed environment. Mm-hmm. And we've seen them use the de- decontamination process before. So it's interesting to think of an environment where it's kind of like a big clean room and you can't get sick normally. Uh, yeah, but it, it turns out there's no cure for the cold, even in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Flox gives him something to ease the symptoms. Mm-hmm. In Archer's ready room, Hoshi enters and makes the argument that she should go onto the disabled starship. Uh, she says she finally got her space legs. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah, I, I got. I don't know about you, but uh, Hoshi definitely leveled up in this episode mm-hmm. uh, for me, and this was the start of that, where she was just. It was almost like they were, they realized how unlikable she was and how like weirdly whiny she was with this whole, I don't like being, I'm claustrophobic, I hate being in space. And here she is saying like, no, I want to go. I like, no problem. I mean, it's cool that they did that, but it was like a weird character switch. You totally, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, I guess they couldn't, I mean, I guess they could have done it more subtly because yeah. it was a, it was like a really strong 180. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out that T'Pol wanted her on the way team anyway. Ooh. In the locker room, Hoshi, Reed, and T'Pol are putting on their environmental suits, uh, and Hoshi reassures the other two that she's ready to go on the mission. So they're really hammering home the point that she's gung-ho to explore now. <laughs> uh, the shuttle pod flies towards the disabled ship. They dock and then board. Uh, the atmosphere is breathable. Uh, there's a terrible smell, but Reed can't smell it thanks to his cold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hoshi sees some writing, and it's Klingon! Uh, oh, surprise, surprise. Uh, T'Pol didn't recognize the ship because there's so many classes of ship, and mm-hmm. she doesn't know all of them. Yeah, come on, she's just one Vulcan. Uh, the away team makes it to the bridge, where they encounter several unconscious Klingons. 
uh, T'Pol wants to leave before they regain consciousness, but Hoshi and Reed want to help them. Uh, mm-hmm. T'Pol responds that Klingons want an honorable death dying at their posts. Uh, in the Klingon ship's galley, there's a conscious female Klingon. So they're not all knocked out. Nope. On the Klingon ship's bridge, T'Pol tells Archer that there are 12 bioscience, not including them, on board. Uh, she detects traces of an airborne neurotoxin, but it's dissipated and cannot affect the away team. Archer then gives them 20 minutes to help the Klingons, uh, but T'Pol again wants to leave immediately. Uh, she's arguing with Hoshin Reed, and the female Klingon spies on them before she runs off. T'Pol, Hoshi, and Reed are continuing to argue when they hear something moving. Uh, Reed goes off to investigate with a phase pistol in hand. The female Klingon gets the jump on him, though, and then takes the way team shuttle pod. Mm. So that's not good. Nope. On the Enterprise, Archer tries to hail the shuttle pod, but the shuttle pod flies towards open space. Uh, when Enterprise taps into the comms, they hear a Klingon. Uh, Trip activates the UT, and they hear the Klingon sending a message to any Klingon warships in the area that she was under attack by a ship called the Enterprise. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, Enterprise uses the grappler on the shuttle pod. Archer, Trip, and a security team go into the shuttle bay, and then they get attacked. Uh, but they manage to knock out the Klingon with their face pistols. Uh, Archer tells Mayweather that he's going after the way team, but Mayweather explains that the Cleon ship has fallen below the safe zone for a shuttle pod. Archer then tells Mayweather to fly Enterprise into the gas giant. On the Cleon ship, the way team is trying to figure out a way off the ship. Uh, Hoshi and Reed talk about escape pods, but T'Pol explains that Cleon ships don't have escape pods because it would be considered an act of cowardice to abandon ship. Yeah, it was pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, T'Pol suggests getting the ship back online and flying out. Uh, Hoshi is tasked with reading the computer terminals. One of the computer terminals controls the plasma containment. Another is the weapon system. Uh, Reed's interest is piqued because he's never heard of photon torpedoes before. Mm-hmm. Uh, T'Pol directs Hoshi to another terminal for the shields and another for the helm. Reed tries using the helm, but they are dead in the water, which Reed says while doing a trip impression. Oh, yeah. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, trip, is that you? Yeah, it was uh, interesting to see Reed, who has this, uh, you know, British accent. Yeah. Do, uh, do a trip impression. Yeah. On the Enterprise, Mayweather's having a tough time finding the ship. Uh, Archer tells Trip to use the probe to triangulate their position, but the probe gets destroyed by the pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Enterprise 2 starts getting crushed, and they have to fly out of the atmosphere. In Sick Bay, the female Klingon is strapped to a gurney. Flox uh, confirms that she was exposed to a neurotoxin and notes that she is suffering from hypothermia because she most likely found shelter somewhere cold which would slow down the effects of the neurotoxin. Uh The Klingon demands to speak to the captain, so Archer steps up. She thinks that the Enterprise attacked the Klingon ship. Archer explains that the Enterprise is there to help. Uh, She's uncooperative, so Archer leaves. 
in the meeting area, you know, on the bridge. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I'll just call it the meeting area. The uh, meeting room, the boardroom. I don't know. Uh, Mayweather tells Archer that he searched the Vulcan database and found the ship, which is a Raptor class scout vessel. It has a thicker hull than the Enterprise, but Trip says it can't hold up forever under the pressure. Trip then suggests using duritanium braces to reinforce a shuttle pod to rescue the away team. Mayweather says that their only other option is for the away team to fix the Klingon ship themselves, which everyone agrees is unlikely due to how uncooperative the Klingon they have on board is. Mm-hmm. On the Klingon ship, Hoshi has found a recording. The Klingon captain explains that they went to the gas giant to escape uh, Zarentine ships, and then the crew started getting ill. Uh, the message also reveals that the port fusion injector is what's broken. The away team goes down to the, quote, reactor pit, a.k.a. engineering, to find the problem. That just sounds like a dangerous place to go. Like, it's, um, what, what do you call it? Like, it's highly radioactive or something. Well, it's Klingon. Everything's got to mm. sound badass. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> On uh, Enterprise, Trip and Archer are putting the duritanium braces on a shuttle pod. Archer thinks he's made an error in asking for help from their Klingon guest because it was a sign of weakness. On the Klingon ship, uh, Reed starts feeling lightheaded. T'Pol says it's because he's dehydrated. So Hoshi and T'Pol go off to find the galley, leaving Reed behind. In the galley, Hoshi is curious about the Klingon cuisine. They hear some movement behind a door, and they open up to discover some chained-up pig-like creatures called Targs. <laughs> that are extremely computer generated. Yeah. They look like, I noted that they look like the Hulk dogs from that awful Incredible Hulk movie. Oh, the Ang Lee one? <laughs> the Hulk dogs. Yeah, that wasn't great. Um, uh, Hoshi tells T'Pol that she envies T'Pol because she wishes she could bury her feelings like Vulcans do. Mm-hmm. Uh, T'Pol takes Hoshi... Uh, by the hand and has her close her eyes and she basically makes Hoshi meditate to calm her down and the ship then shakes again in the Klingon ship's engineering Reed is running around as things are exploding around him and the hull can't take the pressure anymore you cannot take it captain it's true <laughs> later in engineering uh, Reed takes a drink of water Paul doesn't like his plan, whatever it is. Uh, it evidently involves using the photon torpedoes somehow. Mm-hmm. In Archer's ready room, Archer is boning up on his Klingon knowledge. In sick bay, uh, Phlox awakens the Klingon. He has developed the antidote to the neurotoxin. Archer tells her that the toxin was in something alcoholic she drank, specifically Xerentine ale. Uh, the Klingon says that there was a raid on a Xerentine outpost and everyone imbibed afterwards. He then asks if she feels better and tells her that they can cure the entire Klingon crew. Uh, she still refuses to talk, however. Archer then starts playing the honor angle, telling her that she's letting the crew die a dishonorable death when she could have saved them. Mm. On the Klingon ship, Reed fires a torpedo below the ship and then detonates it. It has no effect. The ship is still sinking. 
Uh, they need a closer detonation. Paul warns them that detonating too close could damage the ship, and Reed responds that they have no other choice but to surf the shockwave from the detonating photon torpedoes. So they load up two more torpedoes. On the shuttle pod, Archer and the Klingon are on board, looking for the uh, Klingon ship. They suddenly get jolted by a weapons fire. What's going on down there, kids? <laughs> Keep it down! On the Klingon ship, they manage to move the ship up only 200 meters. Reed wants to load two more torpedoes, but Hoshin's policy it's useless. Hoshi then suggests firing all six of the remaining torpedoes at once. Reed suggests detonating at 800 meters. Hoshi says 500 meters. She Man, th- she's really, she's got some Klingon in her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Hoshi's really turned around in this episode. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, she doesn't want to go out being crushed by an anonymous gas giant. <laughs> okay, what's anonymous? Uh, and they fire the torpedoes. On the shuttle pod, Archer detects another explosion and then a shock wave. As they're flying down, the Klingon ship starts floating up a bit, but it's only a temporary solution. The shuttle pod docks and Archer and the Klingon, who we learn is named Officer Buka. Uh, they board the Klingon ship. Uh-huh. Paul tells them that the port fusion injector is busted. Uh, Buka is an engineer, so she she says that she'll tend to her own ship. But Archer says they aren't leaving until the job is finished. On Enterprise, Mayweather tells acting Captain Tripp that two Klingon ships are approaching and they will be there in 16 minutes. Archer then hails and asks Tripp for permission to disembark four passengers. They rescued the Klingon ship. Yep. Uh, a little later, Archer enters the bridge and tells Mayweather to continue on their previous course before they can leave. The Cleon ship, the Samra, hails the Enterprise. The captain of the Samra tells Archer to surrender the Enterprise. <laughs> of course he does. Klingon to the end. Yeah. Uh, Archer calmly explains that they rescued the ship. The Samra begins charging its disruptors. Archer takes a different tack. He then takes charge and tells the Klingon captain that the Samra is damaged and has no torpedoes and wouldn't last against the Enterprise, so he should leave with what little honor he has left. The Samra backs off, and the Enterprise leaves before the other two Klingon ships shows up. Uh, in the decontamination chamber, Tapal, Hoshi, and Reed are resting. Uh, Flox tells them that they're clean, but Reed and Hoshi come up with excuses to stay in the chamber. They look to T'Pol for help, and she tells Flox to run the decontamination process again because she is developing a headache. This convinces Flox, and the three crew members comment on how relaxed they are. Uh, T'Pol even says that it is pleasant. Hoshi asks if she smells anything, and T'Pol responds that she doesn't smell anything. And Hoshi says, exactly, with a smile. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, they got that Klingon funk off of them. Because they do comment when they go on board the the Klingon vessel how bad it smells. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I I was just thinking, wow, how must it smell for T'Pol, given that... You know, we are, we know that she has this heightened sense of smell and has to numb her her nose, basically, <laughs> just to be around humans. Yeah. This smelled really bad, but she kept her cool. 
Um, so real, real quick, I had a bit of like, not necessarily a plot hole, but it's never explained. They say that the neurotoxin was present in the the beer, basically, <laughs> they picked up the grog they got from the aliens that they raided, right? right. And so they, the whole crew, uh, drank the the booze because you know they were celebrating together in the victory, and then that's how they all got sick. So how then is it also present in the atmosphere of the ship? Yeah, I didn't get that either. <laughs> like I, I could think of some ways. I I know Klingons are kind of gross, but I mean, I don't know. Like maybe they're they, just like, throwing the drink everywhere. Yeah, maybe they spilled it, and it. And oh yeah, maybe that's what happened. Maybe they it was sloshing around. They spilled it. And then um, they got uh, maybe it, you know evaporated like alcohol does. Yeah, and got into the air that way. So, sure. Okay. All right. All right. I think I've answered my question. We figured it out. We figured it out. So, what'd you think of this one, Justin? Uh, not a fan. No, it was. It was. So my feeling on it was it wasn't as. It was not the worst episode. Um, like I feel maybe it's just because I'm starting to like the characters more that. You know, the like even a week epi- episode like this is still better than some of the earlier ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, this episode was clearly for people who didn't know who Klingons were. They were doing mm, a lot of explaining of what Klingons oh, are all about. Definitely. So it's like a, as a Trek fan, we're just like, okay, we get this. Like, let's have something interesting. Uh, I noticed that, um, and this was one that was written by Fred Decker, who's the consulting producer that we've talked about in the past mm-hmm. who uh was also behind the um the episode with the monastery or the 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 good one the where we found out that the klingons or the the vulcans were hiding a uh, listening post uh so that was interesting also did you notice who the klingon captain was i did not ah well that was uh admiral uh, the Starfleet Admiral from previous episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, he had to fill in for the person they originally cast. Well, they did a good enough job that I didn't recognize him. You didn't recognize who it was, but I thought it was pretty cool that the the character, uh, Von, or not his, not his character's name, but uh, the actor Von Armstrong, what a great name, <laughs> was the Klingon captain. Uh, and we're used to him um, playing Admiral Forrest, who we haven't seen in a little while. But, um, yeah, so what did you... So you already said kind of what you thought about Hoshi. Um, Hoshi's kind of dramatic about face. I mean, she was kind of a different character <laughs> in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was, you know, let's detonate these photon torpedoes closer to the ship than we should, and I'm not scared of anything, and... You know, bonding, bonding some more with T'Pol with the little like hand stress release, relief, stress, stress release, I guess you could say too, a uh, little thing they did. Um, so that was, that was different. Um, not enough, uh, trip or flocks for my, yeah, <laughs> for I mean, my taste. Flocks <laughs> just got a whole episode, so. Yeah, true. I think it was kind of funny how they said, oh, yeah, you know, if we'd actually brought Trip along, um, we probably wouldn't be in this situation. <laughs> but The no, one time them. he doesn't go on board. They brought the weapons officer. So I thought when, I don't know what you think about this, but I thought when they, they uncovered the, the fem- female Klingon, 
that was wasn't knocked out. She was kind of the only one who wasn't. I thought there was going to be, and the, they were saying there was some kind of poison. I was pretty much expecting it to turn out that she was some kind of like turncoat or something that had poisoned the rest of the crew for some reason. So I was expecting my mind was shifted into gear for some sort of like deeper sort of uh, twisty plot for this episode that never happened. Like it basically became, no, they basically got food poisoning and drove their ship into a gas giant. (laughs) They, they passed out, they drank too much, passed out and flew into, you know, the upper atmosphere of a gas giant and they got saved by the enterprise. And it's, it's, it's kind of weird. Like how many times now have they done something to help the, the Klingons and the Klingons are still not really grateful. Well, you have to have all the animosity to lead into the classic Trek. With- right. So it's kind of like they're never really going to become but best buds with the Klingons mm-hmm. because we know what happens and we know that doesn't happen until, you know, the undiscovered country, basically. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, okay, my, my TLDR version is not the worst episode, but definitely not up to par with what we've seen recently. I think uh, one of its issues, and it's of no fault of the episode, is that uh, it comes after the best episode so far. Yeah, definitely. So I'm looking forward to what's next. I feel like, yeah, this was kind of a little bit of a of, of a filler episode. Um, but, I mean, speaking of what's coming up, it's actually an episode that we've talked about before. Um that has me actually really excited. Oh, you're talking about next week's episode? Yeah. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about Shadows of Pajem. Yeah, and I actually referred to Pajem just a few couple minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like the continuing storyline stuff that they're trying mm-hmm. to do a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. We had Cold Front, which got us back to the Temporal Cold War, and it's looking like Shadows of Pajem will get us back to that um, incident on Pajem. The Andorian incident? The Andor... Yes! Exactly! Which was... Looking at this list, it was six or seven episodes back. So, yeah, next next week we're going to be doing episode 15, and uh, that was episode 7. So, uh, eight episodes ago. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I think that pretty much wraps up the discussion of this episode. It was just... It was a very... I wouldn't say basic episode, but it wasn't... There was not a lot to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and definitely coming out of uh, Dear Doctor last week, uh, it's, you know, not much to talk about at all compared to that episode, which was so, you know, had had us thinking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Actually made us think, and was actually the, you know, I think what we said last episode was that's the sort of thing that we really gravitate towards liking in Star Trek, which is those episodes where there is some sort of, you know, there's a decision, and there's some kind of moral question uh, and in this episode, it was kind of, I mean, I guess they could have introduced that with some sort of, well, the Klingons would rather just die, but, <laughs> you know, to save their honor. But we're, we're, darn it, we're Starfleet. We're humans. We got to help them. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're all about. Um, mm-hmm. it, I don't know. Like I said, it was basically Klingon 101. Here's what Klingons eat. Here's what they're all about. Mm, true. Yeah. They eat worms yeah because <laughs> that's what you say when you smell it exactly all right 
yeah. Uh, like I said, next week we'll talk about Shadows of Pajem. Until then, we'll talk to you later. Yep, and as the great uh, and late Leonard Nimoy would say, live long and prosper. <laughs> <laughs>